Well, I am I am really excited about the lesson this week and really what's been what he's been teaching through me for several weeks. I feel like something Jesus said. He said, you know, a real teacher, I think he might have used the word scribe. But he says, you know, they, they bring things that are old and new. And that's kind of what's going on. You'll see it in today's lesson. Some of the foundational early things that the Lord taught me all the way back to the days when we first started hearing Dave Roberson and I began those long seasons of prayer. Some of the things that I learned and wrote then, and even some of these things today, or even a decade before that, uh, when we get to talking about the elm tree later on, he's taking those truths that I learned them and combining them with things that I've only recently learned. And the two of them together is explosive. And really, that's to be expected. We're, we're supposed to keep learning and, and growing in the knowledge of God. And uh, we know that's got to happen in order to enter into this revival. It's not God holding back the revival. <laughs> Sorry to say, it's us <laughs> and our limited understanding and how we've limited the Holy One of Israel by our, uh, I started to say, by our unbelief. And that's true. And it, But it's really a lack of knowledge. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And faith just simply believes what God says. But there's a lot of times when we hear it, but we don't understand it enough to act on it. Anyway, that's not really where I'm getting at today. Well, we're still in the parable of the sower. You say, good Lord, Gary, how long are we going to be in that? I don't know. Um, my job is to pray and receive and teach and then go pray. And if he's still talking about that, I'm going to keep talking about that. But now today we're going to look at some things uh and I need to caution you, especially those of you that have been around the Word of God for a long time, and you're thinking, oh God, not, not another, Gary, please, not another lesson on Mark chapter 4. I have heard so many lessons on Mark chapter 4 that I, you know, the, the danger is thinking that you already know everything in there. I, to, I, don't, I don't tell anybody. I, I was kind of that way. <laughs> I thought, when he, I know a year or two ago, he had me start reading the little book of Mark. You know, it's not a very long book. He had me just start reading the book of Mark. And I went, okay. And so I read it. And then it was like, well, read it again. Okay. I read it. <laughs> read it again. Well, I, I quit counting after 30 times. He didn't, I mean, I was allowed to read other things, but every day he was after me to read the book of Mark, and read it again, and read it again. And I remembered what Dave taught us all those years ago when you're equipping your spirit for day and night meditation. He says, just assimilate the whole book, you know, what it, what, whichever book it is that you're uh, working on at the time. Just read the whole book. If you don't know what a word means, you can look up the definition, but don't get into deep Greek word studies and all that kind of stuff at that stage. He said, What's important is that you get the whole image, everything that God has in his word in that book. Get it in your spirit, even if you don't totally understand it with the mind. Get it in your spirit, and what you're doing is you're equipping your spirit for day and night meditation. And so I remembered that, and I said, well, apparently there's some things in the book of Mark that the Lord's wanting to draw out because I was allowed to read other other." you know, other parts of the Bible, but what he really wanted me doing every day 
was read the book of Mark. And sometimes I read it, you know, during those times when uh, we were going down to the church on uh, especially Wednesdays, Fridays, and uh, Saturday mornings and doing those long times of prayer. Not everybody can do that, but I'm at where I am in my stage of life. We don't have little kids and things, you know, to have to take care of. And so I could go down there for eight or ten hours at a time. And, you know, when you're sitting there praying for eight or ten hours at a time, it's good to occupy your mind with the Word of God. And so there were days uh, when I would read the book of Mark two, three, four times during a, just one of those sessions of prayer and, and do it again the next day, you know. And uh, like I said, I, I, I quit counting after 30. I don't know how many times in that season. And I didn't really seem at the moment to get anything out of it. What I mean is... <laughs> You always get something out of the Word of God. <laughs> Don't be saying us. No. What I mean is I didn't really get anything new that I didn't already know. But see, what's hap- what happens day and night, you're going to see this in this parable. You rise and you sleep day and night, day and night. But eventually that seed is going to come forth and you're going to start getting a harvest. You don't even know how it works. You don't know, you don't know what causes it, but it's just the way God designed His Word. So in this season now, the harvest is coming forward, the understandings, things that I, part of it I've known for a long time, part of it is brand spanking new, and I'm just now beginning to understand it. But I think we need all of this in order to, for the Lord to be able to take us into the revival that he fully intends for us to walk in. I'm going to say it again, I'm going to keep saying it, because the Lord keeps saying it. We are already in the edge waters of the greatest revival ever seen on planet Earth. It's going to be bigger than the book of Acts. It's going to be worldwide. It's not going to be limited to just one geographical location. And he's already said in, through me and many other people that he's going to, there's going to be a minimum of a billion souls swept into the kingdom of God, born again in this revival. He's also said that once this revival really is going to be greater than the book of Acts, we are going to see things that no one who has ever lived has seen. People who have lived have seen some great things done by God. Uh, the Red Sea splitting, <laughs> uh, 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 the walls of Jericho falling down. In the book of Acts, Peter's shadow, you know, as he would pass by, people would get healed, uh, blind eyes opened, so forth and so on. People have seen some pretty great things, but the Lord is saying this revival, mankind is going to see things that no man has ever seen before. Dear Lord Jesus, what a time to be alive. This is no time to be down and discouraged. And, uh, and of course, the enemy's fighting with all that he has, trying to discourage us and wear out the saints and make us think everything is hopeless and bad. And, and our job is to not fall for that trick, to not be ignorant of Satan's devices Press into prayer, press into the word, press into fasting, press into worship like never before. Because it's Joel's army he's raising up. This isn't going to be just through the five-fold ministry. This is the army, the, the whole body of Christ is going to be involved in this harvest. Okay, I hadn't even got to the beginning of today's lesson. So, again, return with me to those thrilling days of yesteryear <laughs> as we go back to to look at Mark chapter 4 again. Now, on today's lesson, I'm not going to read the actual parable of the sower, so it's the word. uh, We may talk about parts of it. But let's go on to where he's giving the part about 
how the harvest comes. See, even after you sow the word, there's the word is the seed. With any seed, there's you got to plant it. There's time, and then there's harvest. Okay, so he does talk about maturity here and not trying to get a harvest too soon. And to be honest, that's what most of us have done. Okay, I'm going to try. <laughs> so let's let's read Mark chapter four, verses twenty six through twenty nine, and uh, I think you're going to get some things out of this. Now you may have already known this forever. I haven't already. I haven't always known it. I'm hoping there's some things in here that's going to get you thinking and going to get you meditating and get you excited. Okay. So Mark chapter four, starting in verse 26, and he said, "So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep, and rise night and day." And the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Just so simple. And he's using an analogy that all of us have uh, are familiar with. We've all seen seeds planted of all different kinds. Uh, just to summarize a little bit from the parable of the sower earlier. You know, in America, we normally think when you're going to plow, you know, you're going to sow a field. We think of the plow and, and how they get the furrows ready and, and we plant in rows. They didn't really do it that way then. Then... They, it was more like Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> they would go with a bag of seed and they would just scatter the seed and the grant, the seed, as you can tell in the parable, would fall on all kinds of ground. And the first kind of ground that it, that it fell on was very hard ground. He said the wayside. If you really look that up, it means the path. This is the path where everybody walks. Uh, it's, it's like a path through a, a field where everybody walks. And it's so packed hard, the seed has no way of penetrating. And he especially relates this to people that hear the word, but they don't understand it. And it said, it's like seed that just lays on top of the ground. Well, the birds are going to come and steal that. And then he says, well, one time he says the birds come and eat the seed. But really, in another place, he says, because you don't understand it, it didn't penetrate at all. Satan comes immediately and steals the word that was sown. So... Let me just mention this, because this is something relatively new. See, that when it says on the wayside, on the path that the whole world is walking, see, that's part of the problem. If our daily life is such that we're on the path with the world, do I need to preach anymore? <laughs> you can get your, your ground can get pretty hard. If you're, if you're on the same path, if you're walking the same way, that the whole world is walking. Well, you eventually, that ground is going to get pretty hard. It's going to be hard for the word to produce. Anyway, I, as you can tell, we could do a whole lesson right there. But then he starts talking about stony ground, and that's the that's the kind where they receive it with gladness. You know, they 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 received it. It's not like the other. They re, they're not on the path of the world like that. They receive it with a gladness. Oh, hallelujah! But as soon as there's any type of persecution or affliction, I notice for the word's sake, not just everybody has trouble, everybody has flat tires and whatever, 
no, persecution or affliction for the word's sake, oh, immediately they're offended. They don't have any root in themselves. And they, they were glad, but, oh, if it's going to cause any trouble in my life, forget it. And they don't produce any fruit. Then he starts talking about thorny ground. Thorny ground and the way he teaches about it, that's where the cares of this world, it's busyness. It's the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things enter in. You get so busy with everything, there is just no time to devote to the word. And it never does really produce, it doesn't produce any any fruit at all. See, those first three types of ground really produce no fruit, no permanent change. No, and you or anybody else. Gary, you didn't say that out loud. Oh, yeah, I did too. <laughs> but anyway, but there, there's a fourth type of ground. And see, and if you're watching this video, I already know you're good ground. Lord, I mean, the devil's been for years throwing everything, including the kitchen sink at you, trying to run you off, and you're still watching one of these videos? What's wrong with you? Well, what's wrong with you is you're good ground. And you're going to produce a harvest too. And even on good ground, though, how much harvest comes. See, the seed is always powerful. The seed, there's never, in all this teaching, there's never a problem with the seed. The Word of God is perfect. It's pure. It'll never change. Uh, the the life is already in the Word of God. Uh, we'll get more about that in just a minute. But, but the, there's never a problem with the Word. There's never a problem with God. There's never a problem with His promise. God is always faithful. He can't even lie. It's not that he won't lie. He can't lie. So the word, there's never a problem with the word, the seed. It's always a problem with the ground. So even, let's say, let me include us, even with those of us are good ground. We are good ground. Even in good ground, you can get like a 30% harvest or 60% harvest, 100% harvest, you know. And uh, that's that's real easy to see. I mean, some people get saved, and but because they sit under false, false doctrine, they never really get free. They don't walk free from sin the way the Bible describes, because they've been they're taught from. Sadly, they get help from the pulpits telling them they're just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if you really think you're still just an old sinner, you're the same old sinner you were before, and you're just forgiven now. See, if you really think in your heart that you're still an old sinner, you're going to sin. Eventually, you're going to sin. And because that's what you believe in your heart. And that's why it's so important to hear the, the truth of the Word of God. You know, or you can just take many chapters, just, Rom, just Romans 6 alone. How can we that have been made free from sin, that, no, how can, how can we that are dead to sin continue any longer therein? And then it says, God forbid. Well, we can't, <laughs> or you shouldn't. But see, you got to understand, you're dead to sin. You're not that same old sinner. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, that's just an illustration. Uh, I was raised under the doctrine that you're just an old sinner saved by grace. And I had, a, I had trouble with some sins a long time, a lot longer than I should have, because in my heart, I, you know, when you hear that every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday during your growing up years and it creates what the Bible calls a stronghold. Well, strong, they're called, notice they're not called weak holes. <laughs> strongholds, and they've got to be torn down. And sometimes brick by brick, they've got to be torn down. 
And then you got to relay on that. You got to get to the firm foundation and then relay the truth and build build a an edifice, a building of truth. And that's what we're doing now. So praise God. Okay. Now, my, all of that's review. See, I know all of you already know all of that. Okay. And now let's talk. Let's let's look at this in a little more detail here. So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Well, according to the parable, we know the seed he's talking about here is the word of God. Okay? The ground is us, not our bodies, really. It's our heart. It's even beyond intellect. Trust me when I tell you, look at, look at my grayish hair getting gray, and trust me when I tell you, you can have knowledge, head knowledge of the word, and not produce any fruit. It's got to get in your heart. Faith, my brothers and sisters, as my, as Norval used to say, faith, my brothers and sisters, is of the heart. And that is exactly true. It's what you really believe. As he thinks in his heart, not your head, as you think in your heart. Now, your head needs to line up with your heart. But as you think in your heart, so are you. So the, the seed, of course, is the word of God. The heart is us. It's our, you know, it's our spirit. It's our born-again person. It's it's the child of God. It's, this is what it means. It's growing in the knowledge of God. It's not just head knowledge. It's heart knowledge. And really believing it at your core, at your heart, who you really are, you know. So, verse 27, you sow God's word into your heart and you should sleep and rise night and day does that now doesn't that indicate time there's a time passage even after you've really got it sown in your heart there is a passage of time god you could go all the way back to genesis but there is seed time and harvest another law Every seed produces after its own kind. We'll look at that in more detail in a minute. But there is, you know, and it's harder in America, I think, now than it was in my mother's generation 100 years ago. By the way, mom's still with us. And uh, 101, she'll be 102 in January, still eating hamburgers and pizza, ice cream. (laughs) Hallelujah. But a hundred years ago, they didn't have microwave ovens, you know. We're the microwave generation. Even even my generation is the microwave generation. And we, we stand in front of the microwave and yell, hurry! <laughs> and back in my mom's day, you had to first catch the chicken. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the chicken had to meet its demise. And then you had to put the chicken in hot water. And you had to pluck the chicken, get all the feathers. And, I mean, it was a process. And... And even the stove that my mother's mother cooked on, you didn't just go light the burner. No, it was a wood stove. And you had to go, first you got to go get firewood. <laughs> anyway, there's, we want everything instantly. I confess the word, Brother Gary. I spent three hours yesterday and I confessed the word for three hours and I didn't see any change, so it just doesn't work. Well, when a woman wants a baby... <laughs> Uh, I want to have a baby. I want it in three hours. Is that going to work? No. First, there has to come, now let's be nice, there has to come conception. There has to come intimacy. There has to come, 
contact. <laughs> and even then, okay, so we've got conception. Okay, three hours, I want my baby. No, you're going to be roughly nine months before the baby is, before you're ever going to see the baby, before you're going to see the harvest, say it that way. We've got to understand that God, the way God designed the kingdom, there is time involved. First, well, he says it here, okay? Now, he should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. Oh, now get this. He knoweth not how. I'm going to go ahead and say this part ahead of time. This is later in my lesson, but did you know that in the year 2022, with all of modern man's knowledge and all of our computing power and all of our manufacturing and all, and I mean the combined knowledge of the entire world, if you got all of the greatest scientists and manufacturers together and gave them this assignment, produce a man-made seed that will grow. They still can't do it. They still don't know how to do it. They can make a, a seed that, let's just pick one, an apple seed. They can, they can artificially produce something that looks like an apple seed, is the same size as an apple seed, that weighs the same as an apple seed, that is the same color as an apple seed. But when you plant it in the ground, there's no life in it. And it will not grow. Let me just tell you ahead of time, there is a miracle of life in every natural seed, every God-given seed, there is a miracle of life in that seed that man cannot reproduce. Man still knoweth not how to make a seed that will grow. But now in this parable, in the same way that there is a miracle of life in every natural seed, Jesus is saying there is a miracle of life in every word of God. That's, that's why Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and to the discerner and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. But it's quick. And if you look that up in Strong's, it literally means it's a living thing. It's alive. But now get this. I've got a, I've got a Bible sitting right here. And I, this is the Word of God. It is full. Like, like seeds in a sack. You know, if you, if you went and bought, we used to buy a corn seed to, to feed the, the horses and the cattle. And uh, my, one of my job was to drive the old Dodge Power Wagon down to the feed store, and we might buy, you know, five or six hundred pound sacks of feed. All right, uh, and what I mean by that is corn seed, for, or you know, sometimes it was oats, but seeds, just seeds. And they're in that sack; they can stay in that sack for a hundred years. <laughs> And not one of them will grow unless they get wet or you know, somehow get around dirt. It's potential. I mean, there is a miracle in every seed. The life is in there, but it's kind of like the Word of God while it's in a book. This book laying here on my little end table 
full of potential life, but it's not activated. Just like a seed, if I take any one of those corn seeds or oat seeds or whatever kind of seed, if I take any one of those out of the sack, even though it's intended to feed the cattle, but if I take it and I go plant it, the life in it is released. It, 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 contact, it's got to have, like a woman has to have that contact to start conception. The seed has to have contact with your heart. It has to be believed in the heart for conception to happen, for life to be released and the growing process to begin. That's just good preaching right there. I'm telling you. That's just really good. I want to say it again. There is a miracle of life in every natural seed, and there is a miracle of, of life in every word of God. But the seed has, the natural seed has to have contact with the ground, and the word of God has to have contact with your heart for that life process to to, be, to begin, for the growth process to begin. Boy, that's good stuff. Now, back up to our parable again. Notice in verse 28, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. What brings forth? I thought, wait a minute. Doesn't the seed produce the fruit? It's not what it says. It says, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. i got to tell you, this puzzled me for, for many years. Because, you know, we know the soil is our heart. What? What? <laughs> so, so now we're going to go back. I told you, things old and new. We're going to go back to something I wrote many years ago, and I only partially understood it then. And, you know, I brought it as far as I could. And I taught it as well as I could, and you just set it on the shelf. And it's taken a long time now for the Lord to say, okay, pick that back up. I'm going to show you some more about it. So today I'm going to show you some more about it. God showed me this principle of the earth bringing forth the fruit many years ago. And he did it using an elm tree when I was a, a young man. When this happened, I was probably... a uh, a late teenager, 18, maybe 19. No, it was before that. I had to be about 17 to 18 years old. And we had a construction. My dad had a construction business that I worked in. We had a field out there uh, with a warehouse and some other buildings and some things on it. And uh, we kept it mowed down, you know, uh, kept it nice uh, so it wouldn't just be a field of weeds. And uh, there was an elm tree uh, out there and every now and then and now the elm tree that we had in the beginning was over on the fence line and uh, but every now and then you know the, every spring they'd produce seeds and the seeds would blow across that pasture and uh, that field and every now and then a little sprout it, one of the seeds would actually get into the ground and another little elm tree would begin to grow well, we just mowed it down because we were just, we were concerned with keeping the pasture nice, and we had a riding mower, and we just mowed the thing down, you know. But one year, my dad noticed one. It was right in the right spot. There was a little sapling started. It wasn't even uh, six, maybe, well, maybe it might have been between six inches and a foot tall, just a little, little sapling. And my dad noticed where it was. He said, boy, that'd be a, that's right in the middle of that field. That would be a good place to have a shade tree because we could work out there when it's really hot and have a little shade while we're working. And he said, so he told me to go build a little fence around that 
little elm sapling so that uh, when we mowed we wouldn't mow it down and that that would allow the, the little the elm to grow and eventually become a, a shade tree well let me tell you my dad's plan worked <laughs> that tree over I, over the years that thing grew to be a tree so tall i mean i hate to estimate I'm going to say 70 feet tall, 80, 80 feet. I mean, it was so it was so big that one man could not reach around the trunk. You had to have it didn't it wasn't you know two men was too much, but you needed a man and a half <laughs> to 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 be able to reach around the trunk of that thing. A, a huge tree, and it sure did produce shade, and and uh, we were glad it was there, and you know. But the thing of it is, I lived long enough to where eventually that 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 tree it died. We had an elm blight thing, a disease come through to Tulsa way back there. A lot of elm trees died, and and that was one of them. Well, then it's so big, Dad's worried it's going to fall and cause damage and hurt somebody, fall on one of the pickups or something. So then I got another job. See, first it was build this little fence so we don't mow it down. Now Dad gave me the job. Okay, I need you to cut that tree down, cut it up in the wood, and haul it away, the firewood, and haul it, haul it around there and stack it in the back. I'm telling you, what a job. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I wish I could remember how many pickup loads of firewood. I mean, it was a job. But thank God I had a chainsaw, but we did not have a splitter. You know how a lot of people have these hydraulic splitters or electronic splitter? where they can split the logs once you have it cut up. No, no, no. No, we used a 16-pound sledgehammer and wedges. <laughs> I mean, I was on this project. I got it cut down. I got it cut up into logs. But then I got to split all this stuff and load it into the pickup by hand. And I don't want to spend the whole time talking about it. But, I mean, I can't, I don't remember. I'm going to guess... Six, somewhere between six to ten pickup loads of wood out of this single tree. And the thought, I would think about it. I thought, you know, when this thing was little, I could have pulled that sapling out of the ground with one hand. You know, the day that my dad told me to build that little fence around it so we wouldn't mow it down, if I, I mean, it was nothing. I could I could just grab that thing and just pull it out of the ground with one hand. Now <laughs> I am pick up load after pick up load after pick up load. It took me days and days to get that all done. And we did that after work, by the way. It had nothing to do with my job. That's what you do after work, <laughs> you know, in the evening. Anyway. And the the thought would come to me, where did all this substance come from? Because I've seen those elm seeds, you know, growing up, I've seen those elm seeds in the spring when the wind would blow and they'd go blowing out across that field. Well, elm seeds are little bitty things. And you look at this tree, the size of this tree, and or look at it as, in, as pickup loads of firewood, but the substance did not come out of that seed. I, I, even then I was thinking, the substance did not come out of that seed. It had to come out of the ground. And it began to dawn on me. The elm tree doesn't really come out of the elm seed. 
the elm seed is some kind of a catalyst, some kind of a converter, some kind of activator that causes everything that's in an elm tree to come out of the ground. That substance didn't come out of a seed that big. That substance came out of the ground. Previews of coming attractions. The kingdom of God is within you, born-again person. Christ is in you. That born-again spirit you have, that spirit of Christ that Romans talks about, Romans chapter 8, said, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Well, well, I'm one of his. Well, you've got the spirit of Christ in you. And if you've got the spirit of Christ, the kingdom of God is already in you. That's where you plant the seeds. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm about to have a running fit. I don't know if you're getting blessed. I'm, I'm barely able to stay in this chair. <laughs> oh, my God. So even then it dawned on me. And see, and, it, and I, we had more than elm trees there. We had uh, uh, oak trees. Uh, we had a magnolia tree. So I'm thinking, you know, if, I, if on the same plot of ground, same plot of ground, okay, here we had an elm seed planted, obviously, and an elm tree is coming up. You know, on that same plot of ground, I could move right over there and I could plant an acorn. But if I plant an acorn there, an elm tree is not going to grow there, even though it's the same ground. If I plant an acorn right over there, an oak tree is going to grow. Different kind of tree. But it's the same ground. <laughs> but it's a different seed. And that seed, somehow, when it interacts with the ground, activates the life of the image that's in the seed. <laughs> I know I'm talking about trees, but I'm really talking about Christ in you. <laughs> When that seed interacts with the ground, it causes what's in the ground to produce above the ground what's already in the image in the seed. God, feet, you got to stay here now. We got to we got to finish this lesson. Oh my God! And that's what he said. He said, "No, the earth." bringeth forth fruit of herself. The seed has got the image. See, same. let's keep that just for a moment now. So now we've got an elm tree, but I planted an acorn, so now that same ground will bring forth uh, uh, an oak tree. Let's move over another 20 feet, same ground, and I'm going to plant a magnolia seed. Now I'm going to get a different tree. But wait a minute, it's the same ground. Uh, now watch this. The way God made earth, the way he made ground, now fertile ground, you can't do this in the Sahara Desert and make it work. <laughs> Got to be good ground. But if it's good ground, the way God designed the earth, everything that you need is already in the earth. It's already there. All the earth is waiting for is for the seed to be planted to manifest above the ground what already exists under the ground where you can't see. I hope you're getting this. The kingdom of God is within you. Notice how he starts this off. He says, 
He says, so is the kingdom of God. This is how it works. Well, let me run down. We've got time, and I'm going to be teaching on this for a few weeks to come, because there's more. I mean, trust me when I say there's more. I've got a little outline here that I made years ago, and I don't want to leave anything out, so bear with me. Let me read you my little outline about the elm tree, okay? Number one, the substance the substance of that tree was not in the seed. The original seed only weighed a few ounces. The seed did contain the image of the elm tree. It contained the image, but not the substance. God's Word contains the image, not the substance. We must always meditate the Word of God in whole images in order not to destroy the image that is in the seed. Faith is the substance of things not seen. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. Say it another way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. We hope for an elm tree. But faith is the substance of things not seen. You've got to plant the seed if you want to see it. Okay. Now, the seed draws nutrients from what it is planted on. Planted in, excuse me. The seed draws nutrients to manifest the image from the soil that it's planted in. Well, your heart is what it's planted in. And born-again Christian, your heart, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. You, your spirit, your born-again spirit, the kingdom of God is within you. Christ is in you. Christ it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ liveth in me. That born-again spirit of yours, that's where God has already provided everything you're ever going to need. It's already in there. The Word of God is the catalyst that brings it out where it can be seen. God, this is so good. <laughs> this is foundational. But boy, do we need it in this season. Because where we're going in revival... There's something about to be seen. <laughs> and he's teaching us how to get it out where even the world can see it. Oh my goodness. So one of the things that I've used in my, you know, my engineering brain, the seed really is a conversion mechanism. It's a, it is. It's a conversion mechanism. The seed converts the elements from the soil, like, you know, the minerals and all of the things that are in the ground, into the components required to produce the image within the seed. So in the natural, it would draw zinc, manganese, and all the other elements required to produce an elm tree, for example, or anything else. Now from the atmosphere, it draws water, chlorophyll, you know, once the little blade starts coming up, it's now, it's not just the soil. We'll talk, we could talk another time about the atmosphere because sunlight, which has a reaction also, the light. And God taught all this in nature and the word, <laughs> but it, it causes that chlorophyll process to happen. Now, get this, that entire tree was already in the ground before the seed was ever planted. 
Boy. Now, it wasn't laying there intact, you know. What I mean is you, you couldn't dig down there and say, oh, there's my elm tree. It's laying down here under the ground. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that way. But that entire tree that took me days to cut it down and cut it up and haul it away, the, all of the substance, everything that was in that tree was already in the ground before the seed was ever planted. Now get this, if I never planted the seed, I'd never had the elm tree. Brother Gary, I've been a Christian for so many years and I'm still not healed and I don't understand. Your healing has already been paid for. Your healing is part of the kingdom of God that's already in you. We've got to learn to plant the word. Really sow the word. Learn how to do it right. Keep it in the ground. Keep it in the ground. Because your healing is already in there. I'm preaching to the choir. I'm working this myself on, on my own back. Most of you know I've had this issue. Man, I am fresh at it again. I, I see it better than I've ever seen it before. You're going to see change. Okay, I am too. All right. So that entire tree existed as in is not. <laughs> you look at the field, you go, there is no tree. It is, it is not a tree. Now, the tree exists. Well, I don't see it. Where is it? Oh, it's in the ground. Well, that doesn't do me any good. We want shade tree. We need a tree above the ground. Oh, if you want to get the tree that's already there, if you want to get it above ground, you got to plant a seed. And it's a conversion mechanism that if we'll, if we'll get, put the seed in the ground and tend to it, don't mow it down, <laughs> you know, take care of it, get some water to it once in a while, the tree that's already there in the ground, it'll be manifest above the ground and you can see it and get the benefits of it. But it already exists. You've got to understand that tree already exists. Your healing already exists. Your prosperity already exists. Anyway, I know you guys are taking this and running with it. My mind is running 100 miles an hour. All these other things that we know about, about the kingdom of God and how this all makes such perfect sense, it just fits. It's when it's really truth, it runs from Genesis to maps like a running stream. I mean, it just fits everywhere, you know. Here's another thing to notice. And I, you know, notice he says he knoweth not how. There's still so many things, you know. If you guys could see, see, I remember in my mind how big that tree was. I mean, again, it's so big, you needed a man and a half to reach around it. One, me, myself, I could not reach around the trunk of that tree when it was fully grown. And you look at the size of it, and then I, I remember pickup load after pickup load after pickup load hauling that thing away. But yet, there was no dip, there was no, you know, depression in the ground. Like, oh, like the ground had to had to produce this tree, and so the ground went down as the tree went up. No, you couldn't tell the ground ever changed at all. <laughs> Go to a forest; you don't see a little dip everywhere. There's a tree. <laughs> didn't diminish. Didn't diminish the ground at all. What does that tell me? You're never going to diminish the kingdom of God. There are endless resources. There's endless trees. Endless trees. There's endless. Blessings, endless power. When the blind eyes start opening, 
There's not going to be any stopping it. You hear me? There's not going to be any diminishing. He's not going to go, whoop, we ran out of, we ran out of healing power for sight. I don't know what happened. You guys prayed too much. We healed, opened too many blind eyes. Sorry, we're out of opened eyes. It's not going to happen. There's no end to it. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. The word of God, again, is a conversion mechanism. Okay, hang on. I already did that one. All right. See, everyone, I'm going to do it again. Everyone has the seed of God's Word in a Bible laying somewhere in the house or on a bookshelf. In America, you probably got eight or nine versions, you know. Nowadays, you've probably got several of them on your iPhone or your tablet or your whatever you've got. But the seed is just, it's, it's full of potential. I mean, all kind of harvest can be had, but as long as it's just left in a book, or as long as you just take it with you to church and hear it read on Sundays, or you know, follow along even, that's not the same as getting the Word of God planted in your heart. You've got to get it in your heart. You've got to meditate on it day and night until it's 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 got to have interaction. You know. We also, my growing up years, I, I, my dad and I, we built fences, you know, uh, to keep in the animals. And, uh, you know, you can even put a metal fence post in the ground. And after, a, you know, a year or two, you, suddenly that thing, or maybe longer than that, if you, now if you paint it, it'll last longer. What The point I'm getting at, from the day you put that metal post in the ground, rust is beginning to form well, what is that rust? What What's going on? The ground doesn't know, but what that's a seed you planted. It's trying to dissolve the husk to get at the life. <laughs> that's what... You, you put a post in the ground? I've even put... I put wooden posts in the ground. I put metal posts in the ground. And the ground, it doesn't know. Its job is to get past the husk and dissolve the husk to get to the life that's in the seed. It's trying to grow that post. <laughs> What's something wrong with this thing? <laughs> you know. But that's what the ground does. That's what your spirit does. That that born again part of you is built to believe. It's birthed to believe. You were born to believe the word of God. You're born to believe every promise. You're born to bear fruit in the kingdom of God. Man, I'm about to take off here. <laughs> the Bible contains seed. For everything we will ever need. There is no need you will ever have that you will not find a a verse, more than one verse usually, that cover your case. The promise of God in there for every need you will ever have. And in your spirit, Christ is in you. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. The kingdom of God is within you. Your heart is is the soil. And when the Word of God interacts with your soil to the point conception takes place, and you will not kick that seed out of the ground, you don't pull it up every three days saying it's not working, you don't ever speak anything opposite to it, it will produce. Because God cannot lie. It's not that He won't. He can't lie. Every word is true. Every word is alive. And every word is full of power. I didn't tell you about that. I'll just go ahead and mention that to you. Normally, there's two words translated power in the New Testament. 
the one we normally think of when it comes to real raw power is dunamis. But this word is not dunamis. Hang on, I looked it up for you. Give me just a second. It's a... Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce it. You can look it up yourself. But it's 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 energes. E-N-E-R-G-E-S. I don't know how you pronounce it. But E-N-E-R-G-E-S is the Greek word. That's not hard to figure out where we get the word energy from. Energy. When it says every word of God is quick and powerful, it's alive and full of energy. It's active. It's operative, and it's effective every single time. The only thing required is to get that seed in intimate contact with the soil of your spirit, the spirit of Christ, the one that's been made on the inside of you. And we're all growing, we're all maturing, but let me tell you, the kingdom of God is within you. Everything you need is in that new man. It's already in there. This is helping me so much understand. By his stripes we were healed. It's already there. It's already there. It's like everything for that elm tree was already in the ground. It was just waiting for the conversion mechanism, the seed to be sown, so that it can release what's already there to produce the elm tree in the seen realm. Because it already existed in the unseen realm, down in the ground. And all it needed was intimate interaction with the Word, with the seed. Oh my goodness, I'm telling you that Jesus, He told us exactly the truth. He told us exactly how this works. Now we still don't know how. Man can't make a seed that'll grow. But you know what? I don't have to know how the seed grows. I can still take Elm seeds, and I can grow elm trees. I can take apple seeds, and I can grow apple trees. In the same way, I can take the Word of God and grow my healing. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a, Jesus said it's how it works. And I got one more. I got one more blessing for you today. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to straighten up so I don't run off. Let's go back to our parable here. Mark 4.26. Because now this 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 if this doesn't blow your hat in the creek, I don't know what will. So first in verse twenty eight now, let's let me just read it again. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. So there is a maturing process. And you need to wait until the harvest is fully come. The woman doesn't want to try and have the baby at three months. You've got to wait the nine months. Whatever the harvest time is for corn, you can't cut it in half and expect to get a harvest. No. You heard you heard about that guy that was going to double his corn harvest? He says, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get twice the harvest next year that I got this year. Are you gonna plant twice as much seed? No, no, no. I, I, I figured out a way better than that. I don't I'm not gonna to have to buy all that extra seed. Well, how are you gonna do it? The seed that I have, I'm gonna take these little cutters and I'm gonna cut each seed in half. I want to plant them all, and I'm going to double my harvest. Well, you know what he's going to get if he cuts the seed in half? No harvest at all. Why? Because he destroyed the image that's in the seed. See, and that's what I thank God for Pastor Dave Roberson over and over again, lovingly but relentlessly telling us 
don't be lifting the Word of God out of context. Don't be lifting a verse here and a verse there and a verse over there trying to make your case and make the Bible fit your doctrine. No, no. You assimilate it in whole images. In fact, the best way is read the whole books. Whole books. Assimilate them. Read them 30, 40, 50 times. Equip your spirit for day and night meditation where you've got the complete image on the inside of you. And pray in other tongues and let the Holy Spirit be praying the understanding of the Word of God. Then when the revelations come, it's not something half, it's not something cut, it's not something partial. You'll get the full corn in the ear. You'll get the full harvest, the full image. That's what we're going to have in this revival. I mean, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are going to be restored in the earth. We're going to see things that nobody has ever seen. What a time to be alive. God's been doing a lot of things helping me get physically ready for this. And I'm to tell you what, I'm, I think I'm just about revival ready now. Come on. I don't care how long the lines are. Let's get them in here. Ooh, hallelujah. Hope, I hope you're getting some of this. But i still got one more thing to share with you. And I may have to just touch on it today. And we'll do more in, in another, at another time. But in that verse, verse 28, Mark 4, verse 28 again. We've already talked about the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. Okay, I think we've explained that to it enough for today. For the it's the earth that brings forth the fruit. But now notice, of herself. If you look that word up, it's one Greek word, and I'm going to spell it. A u it's a u t o m a t o s. It's Strong's number G eight forty four. It's pronounced, I left it on here, automatos, automatos. That's not hard to understand where we get our word, our English word, automatic. In fact, if you look up the definition, it means self-moved, automatic, of its own accord. What? I, I don't know what I'm going to call today's lesson. I think I might call it. Either this one or next week's might be called automatic change. Because that's exactly what he's saying here. He's saying, you don't, you don't have to know how it works. This farmer that planted the seed, he planted the seed. He didn't kick it up or take it out of the ground every few days. He kept it in the ground. He rose and slept night and day. The seed does what it does, and the earth does what it does. He knoweth not how. And you don't have to know how. All you have to know is that it's this is the way God designed it. And if you keep the seed in the soil of your heart, which how do you do that? Well, first off, you've got to meditate it. You've got to really think about it. You've got to agree with God. But see, there's always two parts to faith. Believe in the heart. Say with the mouth. Train yourself, whatever seed you have planted, like by his stripes I was healed. There's a good one. Don't ever say anything contrary to that, no matter what the circumstances. Now, that's where I have fallen, and I think most of us have fallen short all these years. Every I'll do pretty good for I'll get I'll preach to myself. I'll do, I'll hear my own lesson. Get all excited, man, you know. And but pain is a preacher, and see if you still have pain in your body. Mine happens to be in my lower back. It, you know, it's a preacher, and you. You're sad. By his stripes I was healed himself, bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. I have no pain. And you're, you're doing good. You're doing good. But then, ow. And then Gary, Gary, 
probably not you, but Gary would say something stupid like this pain. It's just so bad today. What did I just do? I walked over there and I, I, I grabbed my little sapling of healing and I just ripped it out of the ground. Like be like me doing that with that elm tree when it was six inches high. I just ripped it out of the ground. What do you got to do now? Is, it, is that's it? You're just you're just done? No, I'm going to resow my field. I'm going to ask for crop failure. <laughs> Father, forgive me. Forgive me for speaking against what your word says. Forgive me. I'm going to plant it again, Lord. I'm going to try and do better, Lord. I'm going to keep that seed in the ground. I'm going to spend time in your word, meditating day and night. I want to thank you. I want to worship God. Thank you, Lord, that I am healed. Thank you, you've already provided everything that I need. I thank you that Jesus bore those stripes so I could be healed. Father, I thank you. You've already provided my healing. I am healed, Lord. I thank you that my back is pain-free. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care, I don't care what the symptoms preach at me. Your word's preaching something else, and it says, By the stripes of Jesus I am healed. Now listen, if I keep that up, automatic means automatic. I've just got to keep the seed in the ground. The seed knows what to do. The grant my spirit knows. That interaction between the word of God and my reborn spirit, or let's say it another way, Christ in me, okay? The interaction between the word of God and my heart, let me say it that way, the word of God and my heart, as long as I keep believing, which is everything that I've spoken today, believing, meditating, saying, as long as I keep the seed in the ground, it says here, of herself, automatos, automatic, it will happen. I don't have to try and be healed. My healing will manifest. I see the elm tree again. Okay. When I finish with this. I never walked. During the growth process, when that tree was growing from a little sapling to something over my head, to something way over my head, to something way, way, way over my head, I never once walked out in that field and heard that tree groaning, straining, trying to grow. Try. No. The growth process was automatic. All I had to do was keep the seed in the ground and let the growth process happen. We don't know how it works. He knoweth not how. But if you'll keep that seed in the ground, if you'll say what God says and meditate in your heart and and keep it in the ground, the growth process is automatic. You don't have to try and make it work. God's Word has already... The word and the ground together, it's an automatic process. The seed and your the spirit, which is the kingdom of God, is within you. It'll work, and it'll work automatically. And you don't have to try and make it work. You just got to keep the seed in the ground. Hallelujah. I could keep going, but I think that's enough for today. I'm, I'm, I may have to go run around the house a couple of times and shouting, Jesus, I'll tell you, I get excited. This is so. This is such good news. The kingdom of God is within you. Keep the seed in the ground. Keep believing. And the harvest will be automatic. Oh. Bye. <laughs> See you next time. Bye-bye for now.